Hello, everybody. This is Mr. Kellett here with Four Score and Seven Podcasters. We've got a great episode planned for you today. We have a student mailbag session where we're going to be answering questions as a group that students have submitted to us about the presidencies or the eras of the presidencies of John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison. I'm sitting around the table here with a number of my colleagues, Mr. McKay, Mr. DeCosmo, Ms. Braun, Ms. Turner, Ms. Moulton, and our librarian, Ms. Honey. How's everybody doing today? Wonderful. Feeling good, Mr. Kellett. All right, fantastic. Super excited. It's Friday. Yeah, it is Friday. If you're listening to this on a day other than Friday, I'm sorry, but it is True. Friday <laughs> at the time of this recording. So let's get started, shall we? What are some of the questions? We told our students, what are things you want to learn more about, know more about, you know, kind of just curiosity questions, maybe not your typical conversations that you might have in history class about this time period. What do we got first, everybody? Well, one student submitted... Who was Sacagawea, and why does she have her own coin? Anybody, Anybody? use those dollar coins anymore? I yes, haven't seen they one in a long time, but um, I I think that they're popular from the Tooth Fairy. Really? They are. <laughs> they are. Last year, I saw two of them in the coffee change container in the cafeteria, so I was glad to exchange two of my Washington dollars for Sacagawea coins. You went in there, and you exchanged a $1 bill for a Sacagawea coin? Uh, two Sacagawea coins. It was a really good deal on my behalf. I don't understand. Are Sacagawea Just kidding. coins worth more than a dollar? No, it was a joke about me stealing. <laughs> okay. Well, what do we got about Sacagawea? What do you guys know about Sacagawea in general? So I did a little research on Sacagawea, and she was, uh, although she is known for being a guide, she was actually hired as an interpreter for Lewis and Clark. Um, and she was one of many uh, Native Americans that helped uh, explore the West with Lewis and Clark. She was popularized in some later writings and was in up for getting put on one of the coin uh, on a coin uh, among other women. The women that she was up against. The last one, with a final decision, was between her and the Statue of Liberty, and it was decided that it was going to be Sacagawea. Yes. I, I know that there's one other coin, uh, Susan B. Anthony, Silver Dollar. Now we have Sacagawea. Are those the only two ladies that have been on American currency, or are there others? I believe you are correct. I think that Harriet Tubman is going to be on the reverse of the $20 bill coming up. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's what I hear. Um Sacagawea was, uh, at the age of 11, captured by a raiding party, uh, taken from her tribe, and sold into slavery. Uh, She was then uh, purchased by an individual who was a French-Canadian trapper-slash-explorer, I believe. Um, And I'm just trying to look through my notes and find his name. But I know that when she departed, she was uh, 15 with Lewis and Clark, and she was six months pregnant. Mr. Kellett, I think his name, I think, and I'm going to maybe say this incorrectly, is Toussaint Chabonneau. That sounds right, and it sounds like you said it right, too. But just imagine a 15-year-old girl, six months pregnant, departing for a journey into the relative. I mean, she knew more about the terrain than those who she was traveling with, but... 
Um, that is uh, just an, an unbelievable feat, uh, I think, of human strength and endurance, and she became incredibly invaluable for the um, for the uh, expedition, the Lewis and Clark expedition. I don't know about other parents in the room, but I had a hard time going any place with my infant, like the mall. And at the mall, there was electricity and running water and heat. And she is going to be traveling along the uninhabited or certainly less inhabited West with an infant as a, as a young woman. I can't imagine doing that. And also, I think back then, the, the tradition was, you right, you were raised by a village. And when you had a baby, there were people around you to help, especially the elder women. Here she is traveling with men who maybe have never dealt with an infant in their lives and can't understand everything she's going through. Well, I think she's worthy of being on a coin, at the very least. What do you guys think? Agreed. Well, it's interesting that no one really knows, apparently, what she looked like. So the sculptor um, of her image for the coin um, used various accounts to sort of compile what he thought her image would be. So what we see her as may not actually be what she was. Very yeah, I'd like to add to that. Uh, you know, this is before the time of photography. I feel like photography started coming out in the, the very earliest stages in the 1840s. So even these portraits that we see of people, these aren't entirely accurate. Like, these are commissioned portraits. Picture if you're paying somebody to paint a depiction of you, the artist is probably going to make it look a little better than reality because they're being commissioned. Like, I don't know that anybody wants an exactly accurate depiction of the way they look. If I was paying somebody to make a rendition of how I appeared, I'd prefer that it looked better. I'll pay a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you look great, Mr. DeCosmo. Um, yeah, so this was supposed to be a quick uh, rapid-fire grab bag, and we spent five minutes on the Sacagawea coin. So buckle up. You're going to be here for a while. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, we're going to take a quick break as we kind of reassess the next questions we want to talk about, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. For our second question, we are going to share if we would have purchased the Louisiana Territory without seeing it, because Jefferson purchased the Louisiana Territory from Napoleon, having not seen it. So let's just do a quick around the room as to whether or not you would have done the same. Uh, heck yes, I would absolutely purchase the Louisiana Purchase. It looked awesome afterwards and beforehand. It could have been a big risk, and I would have been 100% in. <laughs> I definitely would have purchased Louisiana Purchase. Um, you know, anytime anybody comes to you and says, do you want to buy an acre of land for a few pennies? It doesn't even matter where it is, like Mars, Alaska, the bottom of the ocean. Is there land for sale on Mars yet? There should be. And it should be <laughs> a few pennies per acre, just like the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> I did a little before. I did a little inflation calculation with my uh, classes. And I, I will have to have some people vet this. I could be wrong, but we calculated that fifteen million dollars, which is the cost of the Louisiana Purchase, is about a um, about three hundred fifty million dollars today. And just to put that into perspective, the Dallas Cowboys built a football stadium for one billion dollars. So for one third the cost of one football stadium, Thomas Jefferson purchased the land that makes up one third of the contiguous United States today. That's a pretty good deal. So would you have bought it? Uh, yes. Now, let's be clear, I don't think the French really had the authority to sell land that they weren't on, but Native Americans were. I mean, there's a lot of ethical questions about that. But from a pure financial standpoint, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you know the that has a huge impact on the future of the United States. What about you, Miss Brown? Yep, I would have bought it. Um, land is land, land is power, and we doubled the size of our nation with one purchase. So I would have totally been in. For me, I think it would have depended on what the marketing and advertising materials looked like. Yeah, the videos. Yes, like what kinds of things, how are they advertising it? I would have to decide based on that. For myself, as someone who is not um, the most comfortable risk taker, I don't think I would have put myself in that position. I think I would have said no. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to balance for me. Personally, like Ms. Moulton, mm, frugal. I'd probably say no because we don't know what is out there. It could just be a big abyss. But for pennies, do you take the risk to make your country more powerful? Probably. Well, there you have it. I think it was a great question. You kind of, you know, sometimes we should put our put ourselves in the shoes of the people who uh, made these decisions. And um, so, thank you to the student who asked that very insightful question. Shout out to Zach in my period seven class for a great question on that one. So we learned a lot about President Washington and Adams and Jefferson, but uh, poor President Madison seems to get wrapped up in our discussion of the War of 1812, and we sort of lose sight of uh, who he is outside of being the commander-in-chief of that war. Um, And some students were wondering what James Madison's personal life was like. Um, He was born in 1751. He was a sickly child. He suffered from um, what could be described as seizures, um, a form of epilepsy. Um, spent a, the majority of his life as a bachelor, um, but surprised his friends when he married 26-year-old Dolly Payne Todd. He was 43 when they got married. Um, she was a Quaker, and she had an infant son. She was a widow. Um, they formed a, a quick bond and uh, were a very, I guess, lovely couple who entertained a lot at the White House. Um, but I think it gives a little bit of insight into a man who we really only study and learn about as um, the person who, who helped us wage the War of 1812. You know, some other things that people are interested in, um, at least for myself, are the pets that our presidents have chosen to have in the White House um, and for their families. And while some presidents have chosen to have no pets, It looks as if the majority of our presidents chose to have a pet of some sort. Any guesses out there uh, what the what types of pets they've had? Pigs. Is that a guess? That's a guess. Oh, I hope none of the presidents have a pet pig. I think there were some pigs. I know there was a flock of sheep to keep the grass down. A flock of sheep. I just told Miss Honey to be closer to the microphone. That's why she said that twice. I'm here, your uh, quality control expert over here. Um. Any other guesses? I've heard pig, sheep. Well, I mean. I'm going to guess dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Too easy. Too easy to Cosmo. Theodore Roosevelt had a pig named Maud. Maud? Maud. Had M-A-U-D-E. Victory is mine. Maud the pig. Well, you know, (laughs) okay. Um, Now, uh, go ahead. I'm just honey. The Madisons had a parrot, which outlived both of them. Can you say that again? The Madisons, James and Dolly. Parrots, just repeat. So I just wanted to make you repeat it. (laughs) Dolly want a cracker? (laughs) Dolly want a cracker? The parrot's name was Polly. Maybe that's where we get. Polly and Dolly? Polly want a cracker. Mm -hmm. It's from the presidential parrot. 
That's was, I don't know if that's true. I just made that up. Yeah, probably. Well, probably. actually, like that was yes. George Washington's parrot, Polly the parrot. So, the Madison's parrot was named Macaw the parrot. Are we? I have oh, different information. Miss Honey's telling me it was also it's, Polly. I have Polly. Maybe it was the same parrot. How long do parrots live? She's looking at Wikipedia. It, pro- it could be the same parrot. They lived to be like 70 or 80 years old. Maybe it was a White House parrot. So um, I think we, we really came in strong with our research on Sacagawea, but we're having some different historical accounts on the pets. Um, uh, go ahead, Mr. McKay. Thomas Jefferson had two bear cubs as a gift from Lewis and Clark from their expedition uh, along, along Louisiana Purchase. Really? Yep. Shout out uh, presidents on the History Channel for that fact. Shout out. A lot of presidents had exotic animals that were gifts from other people. Jane, uh, John Quincy Adams had an alligator. It was a gift from what? Marquis de Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Where yes. did he keep the alligator? I don't know. <laughs> I- Bedroom, I think. Uh- <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I George feel like Washington- giving a president bear cubs as a gift is kind of like giving your buddy's kid drums. Like, yeah, it's cute and everything, but couple months down the line, it's going to cause some serious problems. Martin Van Buren was given two tiger cubs from a sultan um, from Oman, and the White House staff eventually forced him, and Congress also had to get involved to force him to put the tiger cubs into the... the, the zoo in Washington, D.C. It's probably a smart decision. I mean, I think that was smart. So They're tigers. A, well, I mean, if you have a fenced-in backyard, you can put in your tiger cub. Speaking of things that you can keep fenced in in your backyard, Mr. Kellett, uh, Calvin Coolidge seems to have had an entire zoo. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> there are lots of animals here, including cats, dogs. Normal. That raccoons. Yeah. Okay. A little different. Uh, an Enoch. A what, goose. What's an Enoch? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a real animal. Oh. Sounds like it's something like from antelope. Star Wars. Oh, it's like an antelope, Miss Honey says. Okay. Um, just continuing really quick, a mockingbird, a bear. I think they can all stay together. Um, moving on, an antelope, a wallaby. Also, a pygmy hippo named what, Miss Brun? Um, William Johnson Hippopotamus, lovingly called Billy. Wow. You know, I think we can all we all want our presidents to be... You know, healthy, and that's physically and mentally. And pets, pets do a lot for people. And so, whatever it takes uh, to keep our presidents in, in the right frame of mind, so that they can lead this nation, that's what it, that's that's I think a good thing. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our our fun little conversation about some lighthearted things and some serious things uh, and uh, a few things in between. This has been uh, four score and seven podcasters, and this time there are actually seven of us around the table. Any any parting thoughts from everybody? Like, subscribe, download, <laughs> download again, subscribe again, rate us, five stars, all the way around. We're the best. Spay and neuter your pets, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> That's a Bob Barker reference. Price is right, everybody. Um, and with that, uh, have a great <laughs> have a great afternoon.